0: Giving you the choice on how to reduce carbon emissions and move closer to Toyota's Beyond Zero Vision. Visit toyota.com slash electrified vehicles slash beyond dash zero vision. Toyota, let's go places. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. Or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass. Or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. The Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everyone. I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class. A podcast that flips through the book of history and tears out a page every single day. Today is June 14th, 2020. The day was June 14th, 1872. Parliament passed the Trade Unions Act in Canada, legalizing unions. Laborers in Canada have been striking for better living and working conditions for decades by the time the act was passed. In the mid-19th century, industrial workers labored 10 to 12 hours a day, six days a week. Unions were growing and spreading, but they were not legally recognized. Strikes were illegal, and unionists could be charged with crimes including conspiracy and sedition. Some strikes incited progress, but many were unsuccessful. Railway workers, printers, and shoemakers were some of the people who struck for shorter workdays in the 1800s printers formed the Toronto Typographical Union in the 1840s. They kept up with politics across North America and in Britain. They were aware of workers' movements happening in the United States in the mid-1800s, as they rallied and petitioned for better conditions. In August of 1871, news of a strike in Newcastle, England over reduced working hours made its way to Canada. Canadian workers were encouraged by the strike in England and by the immigrant workers who moved from England to Canada in 1871. In January of 1872, an international effort known as the Nine-Hour Movement began in Hamilton, Ontario. Skilled and unskilled workers gathered to form the Nine-Hour League, an organization that sought a nine-hour workday through collective protests and strikes. The demand for the nine-hour day soon spread to groups in Montreal, as well as Toronto and other towns in Ontario. It also emerged in places as far as Halifax, but the movement in these places operated relatively independently from the movements in Ontario and Quebec. The movement gained a lot of support and saw meetings that sometimes involved hundreds of people. But that's not to say there weren't divisions and hostilities within the movement. Racism, sexism, prejudices against unskilled workers, and religious hostilities all affected the workers involved. And it was hard to coordinate a movement that was growing so rapidly. But some people did emerge as leaders in the movement, including printer J.S. Williams, Cooper John Hewitt, engineer James Ryan, and railway mechanic James Black. They helped establish local nine-hour chapters, worked to develop coordinated strategies, and helped build connections across Canada. The Toronto Typographical Union passed a motion in favor of a 55-hour work week and formed a strike committee. It also petitioned Toronto's newspaper owners for nine-hour days. Their demands weren't met, and the printers went on strike on March 25th. The strike made headlines and garnered support and opposition. In April, around 10,000 people marched in Toronto in support of the nine-hour movement. George Brown, owner of the newspaper The Globe and the Master Printers Association that he had organized, went up against the demonstrators, but Prime Minister John A. McDonnell introduced legislation to legalize unions. The Trade Unions Act, passed into law on June 14th, was modeled on British legislation that had passed in 1871. The act said that unions would not be considered associations that obstructed trade. The right to strike was recognized, but picketing remained a criminal offense. The nine-hour movement proved largely unsuccessful due to a lack of coordination, employer hostility, waning prosperity in Canada, and divisions within the working class. But the legalization of unions was a win for the movement. In 1873, the Canadian Labor Union was formed. Throughout the next couple of decades, Canadian workers organized more trade unions and participated in more strikes. I'm E. Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them to us via email at iHeartMedia.com. You can also hit us up on social media at Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo.